in, in today's day and age, you can't afford to take five minutes to find the right lockbox. You need it when you're there because you need to go yeah. in. Or when you finally find it and it's open and the key's gone. Oh like, my oh, God, shit. do I hate that. <laughs> Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Hello and welcome to episode 75 of Level Up. We've got a good one today where we are focused on all the things, or at least a good number of the things that get under our skin as realtors. And so hopefully you get a kick out of them. We're going to kick them back and forth a bit. And before we start, as always, be sure to follow us on your platform of choice. We're available on all of them. And definitely join, if you haven't already, our Level Up Facebook group where you can get all of our past episodes. We'll put the link in the description. Welcome to the show. Oh, that was good. That was good. (laughs) I wanted to give some dramatic pause. You filled it in there. All right. So we are talking all about the things, as Daniel said, that annoy us about being a realtor. And so am I going to go first? Well, this is this going to be like family feud? Should we like guess things and see what comes up on the board? I feel like if we open this up, and we, we will, I think to everybody, we'll ask again at the end, definitely send us your thoughts about what annoys you. But Exactly. There, there's no lack in any profession of the stuff that yeah. can get under people's skins. But I think for the people listening to this and for the time we've spent in the industry, there's some pretty good ones. Mm-hmm. And yeah, let's just rapid fire and talk about some stuff back and forth. And uh, yeah, share with us if there's anything we missed, and I'm sure there is. The stuff <laughs> that tons. the stuff Depending that gets on to the you, d- the week you're having, all that kind of stuff. So um, I'll kick it off. So the first thing that I thought about was, and it's something that's happened to me recently, is when you have your whole lineup of showings, mm-hmm. everything's all set. You've got four or five, or maybe six lined up to see. You've mapped it out. Everything is like looking great, perfect. You're looking like a boss. And you go to book that last showing, or you go to get a con or you get a confirmation for like one of the middle showings and it's like showing declined or yep. home sold. And it throws off your entire plan for all of those showings. And if you're in a market like we are right now, where there's a lot of interest, a lot of buyers going out to see places, trying to rearrange showings for other times can be next to impossible sometimes. It is. It's something we've talked about with the technology. There's some of it out there, like from the initial booking it out. But mm-hmm. when somebody throws a wrench into it, and this was on my list too, so good one. Okay. Survey says, <laughs> bang! Um, yeah, it is it's virtually impossible. It's it's easy to fix it. It's just a serious pain in the ass. Yeah. And you can't control it, right? No. And uh, there there are those out there who will say, "Well, go on the showing software for each one and make well, sure it's no, available." I've started to do that and that's true. to be honest. Yeah. And even when my clients say like, "Does two o'clock work for you?" I'm like, "Okay, it works for me, but does it work for all of the showings that we want to book?" Right. Yeah. Well, okay. So, I agree with you and I'm going to take it and segue it into another one of the annoyances that I have. We're going to stay on the same topic, though. Okay. Which is, you plan it all out, Mm -hmm. 
everything's good to go. You've got the grand map. You've got like a pegboard in your Mission Impossible, like naval, one of those like, yeah, it's all figured out. And then you send it off and your client says something to you at that point, like, "Ah, you know what? I'm going to have to delay everything by 45 minutes Mm. or something to that effect. Or do you think we can have something that's not possible? Do you think we can extend that one a little bit longer? Can we take a half hour in the middle to just, you know, regroup, Mm -hmm. talk about that? And this does happen. I mean, now if I hear that, my answer is pretty much a hard no. (laughs) But following that same theme of scheduling snafus, we do a lot to coordinate and lay these things out. And there are things that until they're in our control are completely out of our control. Yeah, 100%. So, And it can piss me off big time. <laughs> and I know, like you said, you just went through that with... Uh, it was both of those scenarios you gave, wasn't it? Like where one is now declining the showing or you get to the last one and it's yeah, no longer available. Yeah, it just throws it all off. Or, yeah, I mean, things, as you said, things have gotten a lot better with electronic bookings and online and all that. But it's still like, you know, I feel like sometimes it can appear as, or feel as though it's like brain surgery sometimes to try to coordinate all of this. Do you think it's more difficult now with covid because now there's really a hard no on double bookings where in the past like i I feel like i wasn't running into this as much when you could have double bookings especially like 2017 where things were just as wild like you'd have four people going through a place at the same time it was a little crazy i mean to be honest i kind of like the fact that we can't do double bookings just because a lot of people understandably prefer to go through the place by themselves, like in their own time, be able to talk freely, um, also being aware of, of cameras that might be present. But um, I don't know. It's just a little bit better to not have double bookings. But I, I've, I've noticed recently that it's started to happen a little bit more now. And I don't know if it's just because agents are lying about the times they've booked and they're like, oh, mine's at the same time. But it's really not. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because initially when we thought of this, topic and we're talking about 10 minutes before we recorded this about (laughs) trying to get our thoughts together i had originally started making a list of the stuff that other agents do that Mm. tick me off but that's not what we're going to that we we might touch on that here but that was one of the things on the list there (laughs) um and in the same way there's things i think every stakeholder and every aspect of our jobs can have stuff that goes sour whether it's our clients whether it's our colleagues whether it's looking in the mirror and saying, stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> a lot of times it's that, I think. Uh, we're kicking ourselves. But no, we want to focus on the things that are just, things that come up that are usually beyond our control, that have nothing to do with anybody in particular. It's just kind of the way the 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 profession goes. Well, it's, it's funny because we focus a lot in this podcast on ways to improve our business and ways to be more efficient and all that stuff. And I think this is the episode... That is the response to when you're doing all that and you check all the boxes, here's the stuff that will still piss you off that we're not going to give you any. There's no advice on this. It's more of a we're all in this together and hopefully you can laugh through some of the stuff knowing that you're not the only one. Yeah. So um, am I next up or did I steal a spot there by segueing? You go, girl. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll make this a bit of a thank you. (laughs) Hey! I'm going to make this a bit of a heading because I don't know if this is on your list too, but 
Um, I'm just going to call it lockbox hell. Oh, yeah. I didn't have that, surprisingly. Okay, so there's a lot of different subtitles to lockbox hell, but I'm going to put out there probably the most common. If you're in any major metropolis, but definitely in the GTA, you will run into like literal trees or like <laughs> webs or whatever analogy you want to yeah. use of lockboxes. And this can also be the biggest positive in your day when you find one that's super organized and you find instructions that yeah. are like so clear. Mm -hmm. But often you're going to run into just a smattering of like lockbox throw up everywhere yeah. where there's where the instructions say it's the black lockbox on the right. Mm -hmm. And there are 800 lockboxes, mm -hmm. 750 of them are black, and there's only two sides of left and right. And yeah. so you're feverishly trying to open them all or you're giving up or you're looking for the business card that isn't there. Yeah. But for me, lockbox hell is seeing that, that feeling in the pit of your stomach, like, oh, I hate everything and everybody mm -hmm. right now, but also usually having a client with you, even if you're there early, like yeah. if this falls into your, you know, you're on a timeline, yeah. you can't afford to take... In, in today's day and age, you can't afford to take five minutes to find the right lockbox. You need it when you're there because you need to go yeah. in. Or when you finally find it and it's open and the key's gone. Oh like, my oh, God, shit. do I hate that. <laughs> I just had that a couple of days ago and we were on yeah. time for the showing and we had another one like 20 minutes later in another building and the thing was open and the agent yeah. was nowhere to be found. I know. And then you go up to try to like cross paths with them and then you miss them and they get down to the elevator. Oh and God. Yeah. It's just like, it's like a cat and mouse game. And like, I get it because if you're in like a, a complex of condos and you kind of take all three keys at the same time, I, I guess you really shouldn't be doing that. But that's where things kind of get a little crazy for other agents that are trying to, that have showings booked around the same time. But anyway, it's, it's a mess. It, yeah. Your it's, heart just sinks and you're like, ah, oh, shit. Th there's so many things that can go sideways with lockbox. Boxes, you, like. know, you know what drives me crazy? You know what makes me laugh? It, and it, it's how buildings determine where to put their lockbox locations. And they must really hate us because I've had situations <laughs> where a lockbox, like the location has been down the, the, the uh, not runway, the, like the uh, alley, the, not, well, down an alley in the garbage room or going down like the um, ramp to the parking garage. And you're literally like trying to avoid cars going, like try to get your lockbox. Oh, yeah. like, it, it's just like, like what, like what kind of people like determine these well, locations? I, and then we saw today at, at my, my mom's building, yeah. they don't allow lockboxes at all. There's a lot of okay, those. But this is the thing. We abuse it by not picking up our $40 lockboxes. Fair. There's a reason to yeah. it. But here's the thing. Like we talk a lot about as, as listing agents... Do everything in your power to educate the people showing your, your listing about where it is, how to get there, take a picture, take yeah. a video, all that. But when the instructions are like, you will walk 40 steps east down a corridor and then you will run into a small yeah. goblin and you must answer his questions three. <laughs> Answer them correctly and you will move on to a red room and you must choose one of the three doors. Yeah. Behind one, certain death. That was like the first course we took in real estate where it was like you were learning about surveys and it's like... Oh, yeah, 20, like meets and meets bounds. Meets and bounds. I feel like you need that for finding your I can't believe I remember boxes. that. I know, I'm very impressed. Or when you have to pick up a lockbox from another location is really frustrating too. It's the worst. Because it just takes up like 
10 to 20 minutes of your time, especially if you're downtown and like you've got to find parking and you're literally like illegally parking and running into a building. And it's like, it's like, it's like the amazing race. I swear there should be an amazing race for real estate agents. And I just think, all the different I think things. you just came up with a golden idea. <laughs> I'm announcing it now for anybody who's listening. We are going to run a realtor amazing that race be before really the end fun. of the year. It's, and it's only going to be lock boxes. In different parts of the city, no, I think it obscure... should be more than that. But it... oh, we could do like the panic room, or no? What did we do? The we escape did a, room. We did an escape room. We but did the real estate escape room. That was fun too. But maybe that could be part of the. You've got to escape room. the room. But did anybody make it out of our escape room? No, <laughs> no. We need to maybe make it a little easier. No, I feel like it was easier. No, easy, but we knew the answers. The so. contest starts now. Anyway, so that that's the one thing that drives me crazy. I, I've got so many lockbox things, but I'll revisit them later because. Okay. You've got a lot more things on your list too. No, we can keep let's let's keep on the theme of lock boxes. We might as well. Well, lockboxes. Lock boxes. I mean, the winter sucks. The winter is one of them, and yeah. that's whether you're going and trying to get from people who've got frozen lock boxes and yeah. you can't get in, or you're we've we've run into yeah, it where our own lock boxes freeze, and you've got people who are locked out and they're calling you and you're nowhere near it. Yeah, I have taken a sledgehammer to two different lock yeah. boxes, which are fun. I know. We've also had, which is, uh, this is unusual, and I don't want to go back to agents who are, but we've had listings where agents have had the lockbox info written on an MLS sheet mm. and left it at the listing. Yeah. You want to make sure that that information stays a little confidential for True. Yeah. obvious reasons. Also, if you're, if you're going into a house and like, let's say there's a lockbox on the front door and it's one of those that you open it and you leave it open. Mm-hmm. If you leave it open... Shuffle the numbers when you leave it open because if you leave it on the code, well, can you shuffle it if it's open? I think you have to close it to or close it, yeah, and, and yeah, and just up the code. Just don't leave it with a code that's open there if it's one of those little turny things. Yeah, but uh, you know what, lockbox a lot of people hate, but I actually don't mind because it stays open. Um, the combination ones where it's like the letters. I like those because they're fun. I, well, as long as they don't you, freeze. If you know how to open like a, a locker lock, that's then true. you're fine. But they're actually good because then you can just hold on to the front of it. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Here's, I don't them. here's one last lockbox one. Okay. <laughs> if you've ever been in a condo where the lockboxes are in the stairwell. Yeah. And you, oh, you don't yeah. know that the doors automatically lock. That's true. I've been locked in a stair. Have you been <laughs> locked in a stairwell? I've been locked. Well, I've I had to get out by going down the stairs. Well, yeah, yeah. like like locked out of the door you right, came right, in. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Getting locked, like locking yourself in just to <laughs> get the key, which is ironic in itself. <laughs> is I mean, it makes for a good story with your clients, but if you're not with your client at the time, yeah, or they come in with you, yeah. Oh boy, yeah. That at the moment you want to kill everybody. I feel you know. like condos is like a like a it could be a, an entire book on things that are frustrating as an agent. Like, especially when you're first starting out, it's like, you can just feel so lost trying to navigate downtown buildings, parking. I remember like sneaking into a parking lot with my car because like the door was open only to realize there was no visitor parking and that I needed a fob to get back out of the parking lot. Oh God. So it's fun, fun times. And and the, the roulette of concierges too. You yeah. can get the best ones in the world That's and true. you can get those who feel oh, yeah. like they are or the they won't, Or if there is visitor parking, but you're a realtor, you can't park because you're a realtor. And it's like, what the heck? But sorry, there's no visitor parking for realtors. Well, thank you very much. I feel like 
think we're treated as the scum of the earth sometimes. Well, okay. <laughs> what were we going to say? Because we are. We're not the scum of the earth. We're fantastic people. We, we are really nice. We're visitors. Okay. All right, go to yours. Go to yours. What's okay, next? Let's so, keep this I mean, train I moving. I think this started with COVID, but 15-minute showing blocks the worst. are really hard. Like, really, really hard. Especially if you're going from one house to the other. Listen, you don't. it's not a science how long you stay at a house. If a client loves a house, they could be there ideally for an hour, but they're not anymore because we're only allowed half an hour bookings. But... The other, so I mean, there's two things there. So, yeah, 15 minute showings to go through an entire house, maybe a condo, but a house is very, very difficult. But kind of building upon that is, and it's no fault of your clients, but if you, if let's say they walk into a house and they just want to turn back right around, like they just like have no interest in seeing the house, yeah, it. I, I'm not blaming them, but it throws off the entire schedule. Yeah. Like, you know, you had scheduled half an hour for that one, and then you're going over to the next one like 20 minutes early or something like that. It just, it, it it's like my mind just starts running about like, okay, how are we going to do this now? When we're early, I kind of, I now don't especially, mind. I don't mind it. Because if anything, it allows us to relax, debrief. Yeah. Grab a coffee, something, mm-hmm. which is unheard of because yeah. of what your pet peeve is here. Because I agree with you. The 15 minutes is just, even for a listing agent, like I get it. I get you want to pack it all in and you want to make sure everybody gets in there because they can't double book. Yeah. But don't you want people to have yeah. I feel the like proper that was, perspective? That was for a period of time there was like a month there where there was places getting 60 70 offers and like hundreds of showings and there literally wasn't any time in the bookings to schedule something so they had to cut it down to 15 minutes but now I don't find that's happening so much so I think people should be a little bit more generous and give us at least 30 minutes I agree yeah all right (laughs) (laughs) well then that one's agreed uh what about I'm on the fence with this one because I understand it, but it's kind of a pet peeve when it comes to showings, especially again, like a lot of these are more driven with COVID now, mm. but, they, but this existed beforehand. When the homeowner insists on being in the house yeah. when the showing is taking place. That's always awkward. And this is, this is, again, as a listing agent who would probably rather that wasn't the case and as a showing agent who wants to be able to speak their mind, be comfortable, not feel like someone's breathing down your neck. Um, It does depend on the type of person. There are some people who need to be there or will be there, but will move out of the way. But there's others who want to be your de facto showing agent with you. Right in there. And that can get pretty frustrating. Yeah. I mean, there has been times, it's more when the tenants are there because that's kind of understandable. But sometimes tenants can be kind of helpful um, for sure. If if like you need to know, it's more in condos, like just knowing information about the condo, how it's been, how they like, I like, I find especially when you're showing condos, it's nice to get somebody else's perspective if you're not, um, not knowing too much about it. Like I always catch people in the elevator when we were allowed to actually be in an elevator with other people and ask them, how do you like living here? Hey, hey, what's, what's going, going on? <laughs> Like, who are you? Yeah. Creepy realtor. No, but most people are pretty pretty nice about it, but I haven't had well, a if, chance if to do that. Well, if they're not, that also answers That's some true. of your questions as well. That is true. So, yeah. Okay. What's next oh, for you? For me, um, let's talk about animals that are left behind for showings. Not Ooh. necessarily dogs, but like creepy cats. 
Why is it? I agree with you. <laughs> creepy cats are the worst, and they don't do anything except be creepy. I had a listing once where there was a creepy cat, and there was a lot of feedback I got from other agents saying that cat scared the crap out of us, and it was not good. Well, and and uh, you know it's coming because I think listing agents recognize that there's a creepy cat and they'll put, they'll put in like the description, they'll be like, beware of creepy cat or like, don't let the cat sway you. It it doesn't come with the house. Well, if people joked about it, I think I'd be more, I'd laugh about it more, but like, it's just when you're faced and you see it and you're like, Oh, that's a creepy cat. Well, you had a cute cat in one of your listings. You actually worked him into one of the ads. We took care of him. Remember? We brought him home. That's true. That cat lived with us. Wow. That was a long time ago. It's true. Yeah, I wouldn't have let a creepy cat live with us. No, he was a nice cat. But it's more, okay, have you ever let a, a, an animal out of the yes, house? Yes, <laughs> yes. Really? I had a cat run away. Like forever? Like it, no, <laughs> I wonder if it ever came back. No, no, I, I made sure it came back in, but I don't know how to call a cat. That was a funny one because we're standing there. And, the, and I mean, again, all these things for me are an opportunity to build rapport with your clients. Yeah. But... It wasn't in the description. It wasn't those like keep the cat in. So for all I know, it was yeah. one of those cats who runs yeah. away for eight days and then right. finds their way back. But I didn't want to be that. So the entire showing was me corralling the cat while the people doing the showing did the walk around. <laughs> and it was pretty funny. But eventually the cat just kind of crept back in when I left and like didn't watch it anymore. Yeah. I've had cats that are like outside of the house as we're in the backyard. And I'm like, I don't know if this cat belongs in this house or if it's a neighbor cat. (laughs) That's weird. And like, imagine, like I haven't let it in, but I'm thinking to myself, imagine if the homeowners came home and they just had this cat in their house and it wasn't their cat. It's like, what the hell? What is going on? That would be weird (laughs) if a cat shows up. Have you ever done anything in a showing where after you left, you said to yourself, there's a lot of showings. They're not going to know that this was me. Because <laughs> that could be anything. Uh, you don't have to say what it was. I feel like I have had that I before. I probably, yeah. You don't want to fess I don't want to incriminate myself. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Uh, um, yeah, there was actually a showing. You might have heard about this one. It was maybe maybe a couple months ago. And we were on the showing. And the house was beautiful. And in the basement, behind... It wasn't a cold storage room, but it was like a sub storage room behind a main room. Okay. And it was like it was like a cat slaughterhouse. What? It was like it was disgusting. It was like one of those things out of a movie where like someone kept like a thousand cats and didn't clean up clean up after them. Oh, it was like not a slaughterhouse, but like a yeah, sla- like a dumping yeah. ground. Yeah, like nothing was cats. killed in there. Yeah, nothing. No- well, it was just, it stunk in there. Yeah, no, there were no dead cats. Yeah, that came out wrong. <laughs> we walked in and there were dead cats everywhere. Now, that would be weird. That would be a No, it was just like, turn back around. I don't know what was going on in there, but it was like the same way people throw their furniture in the garage. Yeah. It was like they had like eight cats and they threw them on like a closet <laughs> during the listing period. Oh, and it was just man. rank. Yeah. So that in itself is something that, I mean, that's not a pet peeve. Although it's about Literally. pets. But it is definitely something that I don't like walking into. I mean, that does segue into something else that was on my list, which is going into a place that in no way is what you were expecting as a function of what the listing itself told you. Whether mm. like it's not what's in the pictures or the dimensions weren't the dimensions or it's got three bedrooms and it said five or right. whatever. Yeah. It's just such a waste of time. And especially in those, I find it's the ones where you're really hyping up your clients for these things. And yeah. you're like, this is going to be the one. And then you get there and it's like, oh. Not so much. It's a townhouse. <laughs> we were expecting a 60-foot <laughs> detached lot. Yeah. 
It doesn't happen that much, but there's definitely... I expect people to exaggerate or, or embellish things in their marketing, and we have to take things with a grain of salt, but come on, guys. I mean, yeah, there's only so much you can do to... Anyway. Yeah. Um, all right, so moving on, I... One thing that bothers me, and I don't know if it's a rule. I think it is a rule. I wish that agents, if they have an offer date scheduled for a house, because everybody knows when it's an offer date, the house is likely underpriced or priced lower in order to attract as much interest as possible, which is fine. It's a strategy that is utilized in this market, and I'm not going to complain about it because we've done it before as well. (laughs) But, But if you have an offer date, I wish more people would put that in the client description so that clients are aware and that they are aware that this house is then therefore likely priced lower than it will go for. Yep. I don't know if that's a rule. Like, I feel like that's maybe a trub rule that you can't put information like that in there. I have seen it on a couple. Yeah. But... It should be a rule the other way. It should be. Because that is... If you're dealing with a buyer now, I mean, even those that are the most seasoned and expect everything to be an offer date, they're still asking. Yeah. I saw this one. Price looks good. Is it, is this what they actually want? Yeah. Does this have an offer date? Like I feel, I wish, I know, you know, things, uh, can't talk. Websites like House Sigma <laughs> have the expected or the the rough value of a house and i know people get really annoyed with that because it's an algorithm and it's not necessarily accurate blah 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 but at the same time and this might be another conversation to have on another day but like if there was a way to determine like just the rough estimated value of a home so if a if a home is roughly evaluated at eight hundred fifty thousand. And the house is priced at six ninety nine. Like at least that would help guide people to understand because a lot of the e- emails and texts that we get as agents working with buyers is, does this home have an offer date? Is this the actual price right. that they want? Like that's it's like a broken record, and I understand why they're asking it. And it's like this is information that buyers should have because I'm happy to answer the question for them, but I think a lot of people would prefer just to verify for themselves. Totally. Well. For me, I I get really frustrated when if we're looking for a certain type of home, like a somewhat specific type of home in a somewhat defined area, yeah, people should expect that they're all going to be in a Instant, certain yeah. range of price, right? right? And so it gets frustrating for me, and I don't know why I get so frustrated by it, but if we've seen 10 homes and they've all gone for, you know, somewhere between 1.1 and 1.2 million and another one that's exactly the same is priced at 899, mm. Obviously, I'll answer the question if somebody says, well, oh, this one looks like a deal. Mm-hmm. But come on. It, no, or, or what do you think it's going to go for? It's, it's the same as the other ones we've looked at, mm-hmm. right? Like, and everyone's got different pricing strategy. And that's fine, like you said. Like, people can price however they want. But it is frustrating. <sighs> Even those who are expecting it, I think it's always a, a difficult conversation to have every time a new listing comes out. Like, it's... Yeah. It's just the system is frustrating that way. We it talk, is. That is a conversation for another day. Obviously, yeah. we've got our own thoughts around that. But like you said, if a market demands that's, uh, that everything's being sold a certain way, it's hard to get out of that. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't just say I'm going to change the rules and expect everybody to expect that. Well, that yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole pricing thing is like a whole uh, yeah. Let's do anyway. an episode on pricing. Yeah, we should. That'll be soon. 
It'll be part of our amazing race. Episode 77. What else? What else annoys you? (laughs) Nothing. I love everything. (laughs) Um, What about, okay, here's something that that people say. This kind of ties into what we were talking about just now with people who are wondering what it's going to go for. When you've got, and this isn't necessarily me knocking clients, but when you've got people who say things like, let's just give it a try at Mm. this yeah. I I cannot. If I know. Okay. But what if? What if this house sells for... I get it. Yeah. I get it. However, only in situations where there's actually a shot okay, would I what, not have what, an issue. What would be like, what's your range of shots? Like I'm, what? I'm saying if it's your first time out with somebody and yeah. I'm all for them learning. Mm-hmm. However... If you've got a, a home, let's say it's priced at seven hundred ninety-nine thousand. Yes. All comps, all everything says it's going to go in and around a million dollars. Okay. And there's seven offers. And what's their budget? And they want to try it at ask. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then that's. I'm fine. saying yeah. when they say you know, and and we've heard it before. You know, yeah. it, the stars align. Maybe this one's meant for us at this. And I get it. Mm-hmm. And I will do it. And yeah. I'll put it out there, and it'll be a learning moment. I think what gets to me is not necessarily doing it, especially if it's the first time. It's ensuring that people will learn from those experiences. Mm-hmm. Or another thing that just becomes frustrating as a realtor representing buyers is the chasing your tail effect, which we've talked about before, where you're learning and your clients are learning and adapting and adjusting, mm-hmm. but slower than the market is moving. Mm. So when you are constantly increasing, like they're increasing their budgets and they're getting more and more frustrated that they're doing that, but at the same time, the market's getting farther away from them. It's one of those messages that to me is so important up front where you don't want to sound like the asshole who's like, no, you need to spend a ton. Because I don't say that. However, the quicker your clients can learn and understand yeah. the way the market is going, whether it's because of pricing strategies or the market or the economy or demand or whatever. Yeah. If they don't get there mm-hmm. or if they're getting there not in a pace that's fast enough, I feel for them. Like this is me being, I know I sound like I'm angry, but it's me being empathetic. Yeah. And really knowing well, where it's going to go. You know where it's going to go. And they, yeah. No, you're right. The thing that frustrates me too about just, it's just about our industry in general is that in the competition, like home inspections and financing and clients quickly give up on those as like options for them to protect themselves. But like, I just think that it's crazy that it's not like mandated. I mean, I know working on the seller side, obviously a firm offer is ideal and it's stressful when you're on the selling side and there's a condition that you're Mm -hmm. waiting on. But if, if you changed it for everybody, like pre-construction, and there's always a 10-day mandatory cooling off period, yep. if it was mandatory to have these conditions in place to protect people, I mean, because sellers are going to be buying too, and don't you want that same protection when you're a buyer? Like, it's just the industry in general, how, if, how it's become this way is just super frustrating. The, the feeling that people get, and we all get it, that... I need to do this or being told yeah. if you don't drop the inspection, well, that's you're the no thing. good. And that it, is a real problem. And as an agent, I feel bad saying to people like, 
I, I always say like, this is not like, I don't support this, but like, it's a fine line too, because they're relying on you for your guidance. And so if you say, keep the home inspection, cause I want you to be protected and they lose it because of that, then mm-hmm. are you really working in their best interest versus take the inspection out because you're going to get the house that you love, right? you know? And it's like, you're in this position where it's like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Because they, they, because I've had clients regret not taking out the inspection, knowing that they lost because of it. Right. And I'm like, well, I, what would I have rather get the house that they really like, and then find out afterwards that like there's a mold issue? I don't well, know. And, and that's what just, I mean, that just happened with a place that I yeah. purchased. Thank right. God we were able to put in an inspection clause, but there right. were issues in the inspection. Yeah. Um, but all of these things cumulatively is what's making the environment, and this isn't news to anybody, this is what everyone's talking about, but the combination of you've got 15 minutes to see a house. Yeah. That you're, like if you're a first-time home buyer, you're spending a million dollars, and you're being told you've got 15 minutes, hopefully that you get the full 15 if no one's going long and you've got nowhere else yeah. to go. And I mean, you spend more time looking at a phone to purchase than a house. You spend more time looking Computer, at anything. Anything. You spend more like time. Like cereal. Picking up cereal in a cereal aisle. You could spend half an hour there, but going through a home? Hell no. You have 15 minutes. Tops. You spend more time getting to the place. In and out. You can get more from the MLS listing than from the house itself. Oh, it's crazy. And then once you actually want to purchase it, okay, wait a second. I don't know. You, but you can't have a financing condition that protects you and whether or not it's going to appraise. And you can't have an inspection because yeah. let's just assume the place is falling apart, but you're still going to pay more than anybody else. Yeah, it's it's a real gong show. It is. It's a real gong show, and I mean, okay, let's let's go. I feel like we're going on a tangent. Well, yeah, let's, like let's go. Like okay, let's go to direction. another thing that's kind of a, a another segue annoyance for me, and this could go on forever because it doesn't matter what topic <laughs> we use. Yeah, and 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 let me just kind of say that I I do love this industry. <laughs> And I love all the people in it, and I love my We're colleagues. Gonna be and I love We're my, like, you know what? I quit. I love my clients and all that. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, you're gonna be like these miserable schmucks. Like, what? What good is this? All they do is hate. But right. no. Anyway, so we're talking about inspections. One thing that to me gets to me, and I don't know how else to put this: when people are bringing family or people who they claim to be mm. experts on yeah. things on showings on their own inspections or on like follow-up visits yeah where people are going to and, and not just about inspections like about real estate yeah. and about pricing because you know when you're working with someone who has been given advice from someone who's not a realtor mm-hmm. and it's our job to cut through that and to listen and to you know talk it through but for me my patience wears very thin when someone is hiring a professional to give them professional advice and yet will be swayed by something else. And that being said, I will always stand by what I tell them. Right. Right. So you have to be prepared to be wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just when you've got a a view of something or you have information that is clear and factual Mm -hmm. and somebody creates a scenario to support, and this is on the buyer side, the seller side, whatever, they create a scenario to support what they'd like versus what reality is, it gets very difficult to drill home yeah. your message. But that's our job. That's where yeah. it's important to be a professional and to listen and to be able to take those comments and turn them into reality. Yeah. yeah. No, it could be hard for sure. That doesn't annoy you? Um, 
I haven't had that recently, so I don't think it's as close to my oh, my okay. heart. It's not close <laughs> to your heart. But yeah, I mean, I think as we said, we could go on. Every profession has its annoyances, but I think we've highlighted some of the the bigger ones. But we'd love to hear from you guys as to what if we haven't touched upon certain ones to let us know what you think as well, because I'm sure we'll be doing another episode like this down the line. <laughs> well, you know, and, <laughs> Part two. And, and not to bring it full circle, but this is a really good industry. And the well, people maybe, in this you industry. Know what? I think we should follow this up with an episode on what we love about this. I industry. think so too, because if nothing else, and there's lots, but the one thing that's really important to notice here is all of us know lots of people who have been impacted in very negative ways mm-hmm. by what's been happening in the world. And we are very lucky to be in an industry that for yeah. all intents and purposes is COVID proof. It's true. Right? It's adapted well. I think those who are, are setting rules and all that, you can complain all you want, but like things have kept rolling mm-hmm. in spite of the yeah. challenges around us. And I feel like most of the stuff that bothers us is stuff that like you can just laugh about over a beer on well, a that, patio. That's what this episode is. Yeah, like this. Like is we're not a talking joke. about. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's 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 all like lighthearted fun. Like when I almost get hit by a car on a parking ramp because I'm trying to open a lockbox that is frozen. Like that's something you laugh about afterwards with somebody. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh man, we, we. I mean, we can tell stories. The stories we could. That'll be a whole other episode. The things that have happened. Boys and girls. Sit down gather around children <laughs> it's story hour yeah but it is uh definitely it's one of those things where in another way this is a fitting episode to do now because i think this is indicative of things are starting to get better generally everywhere yep. where it's not doom and gloom everywhere so let's bring a little doom and gloom back <laughs> from our industry because we've been so positive for a year and a half uh, but this is really something to laugh about yeah um so yeah by all means share yours because they're all funny. I mean, hopefully as you're listening to this, you've kind of been chuckling to yourself about a similar experience you've had. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're not alone. You get locked out in a stairwell in a condo. We've done the same thing. Like there's so many other, other people that have shared similar experiences to you. So the first thing you need to do is laugh. And the second thing you need to do is find somebody else that's been through the experience to laugh about it with. Don't feel like you're the only one. Yeah. there You have two choices every time something crappy happens to you. And yeah. honestly, they're all an opportunity to have stories with your clients and yeah. stories with your colleagues that actually build your relationship stronger. Yeah. Like walking in on somebody sleeping. That's, yes. That's always awkward. I remember. <laughs> I've got, oh man, there's so many good stories. Or like somebody that's like in the bathroom. Like I've had uh, when it was a listing and a tenant was living in the listing and an agent and walked in with his client and she was in the shower and she walked out of the shower without anything thinking that well, I hope she wasn't wearing clothes in the shower no I mean like out of the bathroom like oh naked it's aggressive yeah I mean do people I guess people do that well, I mean, if they're alone, I guess maybe they've left It's their, cold, though. Like, when I get out of the shower. In the, well, maybe they dried off, and now they're just walking to their bedroom to get dressed. I guess. Want to keep the towel in the bathroom? I guess if I lived alone, I'd probably do that, actually. I know. I don't, yeah, I just don't think we'd think about it, because we're in a house of six people that... It's true. <laughs> we're trying to stay there's, away there's from... There's normally people in the bathroom when we're showering. We can't even leave the shower itself. Oh. In any event, thank you for listening to this fun (laughs) episode. We appreciate it. And as we said earlier, follow us and uh, join our Facebook 
group, Level Up. We'll leave a link in our uh, description and we'd love to chat with you more. Yes, we would. <laughs> listen to all, listen to the other 74 episodes. They're all positive. They're, yeah. they're laced with positivity in a way that this will never be. <laughs> Until next week. Cheerio. Bye. Level up, 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 level up,